I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. Welcome, Faith. Thank you so much for saying yes to this project. Thank you for inviting me. I was um, intrigued and excited and I don't know, I love doing anything with you. So, you know, it's always going to be a yes anyway. Oh, thank you. Well, it's lovely to return the favour because um, you've invited me to do a few things with you. So, yeah, it's really nice that I get to turn the tables today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get to question you. So do you have anything particular that's come to your mind that you th- would like to share today? Or are you just going to feel your way into something and see what comes up? Um well, yes, there is definitely one that's come to me. There are lots of others I could chat about. Um, but there's when I woke up this morning, I thought, yeah, I this is the one. This is the I think this is the biggie. There's been lots of others though. Yeah. Can I ask you to paint a picture of what life was like for you um kind of leading up to this particular turning point or is it easier for you to start with the turning point itself no leading up was probably would make more sense um so i was chronically ill with chronic fatigue syndrome um also ibs insomnia um the various other ailments i collected along the way um i had been ill for a number of years um and i was getting worse um and i i remember sitting on the floor in what we loosely called our office uh, um at home after receiving a magazine through the post um yeah. from from the me association which is a there's another word for chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and it was basically a magazine full. They'd produced it especially. Um, and it, it was full of people's stories of chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was reading them and basically falling to bits over it because I hadn't realized up until that point that some people were drip fed and some people were hospitalized and you know I hadn't actually realized quite how bad it could get I was just housebound and and often bed bound with it Um, and I was uh, as I read through story after story after story I just I I became hysterical Um, and I was crying my eyes out on the floor um and 
you know, you can only do that for so long before you come down from the yeah. hysteria. Yeah. And I, it was actually um, partially my husband that was responsible for it because he came in and he said, what on earth is going on? And I, I said to him about this magazine and he grabbed the magazine off of me and he marched over to the recycling and threw it in there. Uh, and he he said, you, you've got to stop reading stories like this. You have to stop, you know, feeding into the very thing you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized uh, I had like this moment of clarity, as we often do when we've been hysterical for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I realized, God, yeah, I can't keep doing this. Um, I can't keep thinking I'm going to get worse and I can't keep feeding into it. And so I have a choice. Now I have a choice to, to keep feeding this illness and to keep making it worse through the stress um, that I was feeling around it. Or I do something about it. I find my way out of it whatever way that is. And at the time I'd been doing most of the things I'd been doing were quite um, traditional things. You know, I'd been to the doctors and I was on lots of painkillers for the um, pain and I was on um, beta blockers and amitriptyline and codridomol and all sorts of things for, for the, for the pain and muscle aches and pains and pressure and all sorts of other things to be alleviated. And none of it was really working anymore either. Um, so they kept having to up my dose. So I made a decision and I'm not saying that anyone should do this. In fact, I would advise you not to, but this is what I did. I made a decision there and then that I was going to stop all the medication that was clearly making me more unwell than I um, had originally thought. Mm. Um, So I grabbed all the medication, I threw it all in the bin and I went online And I started researching recovery stories instead of researching ME, chronic fatigue syndrome, which basically meant reading people's horror stories, for want of a better word. Um, So, yeah, I started reading recovery stories, but I didn't just read recovery stories from chronic fatigue syndrome. I read them from terminal cancers um, from AIDS from um, people that had died and come back from anything and everything you leukemia anything I could find I just was started reading them and I and this went on for a while you know a few weeks and the more stories I read the more I thought you know what if people can come back from the dead if people can heal from cancer, there was one man called the Miracle Man, and he, he had had a, I think it was a helicopter accident, and he was paralyzed from the neck down, and they said he'd never be, like, walk again or use the rest of his body or anything. And he's now, or he was when I read the book, um, traveling around America teaching people about the power of thought because he healed his body um, through just believing that he could reconnect those you know the circuits and nerves and things in the body um and he did 
So, you know, I was like, I was like, if people can do this, if people can heal from being paralyzed, from cancer, from being dead, like blinking well heal from chronic fatigue syndrome and all the other ailments that I'd um, collected. Yeah. So that's what I started to do. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had all those meds. I mean, I, like I've, I know some of your story. And to go from really reaching your, your tipping point, your end point, literally your turning point, mm. <laughs> where everything, you feel like everything's lost, to then feel strong enough that you just get rid of all your meds, as we said. We're not recommending that to anyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's quite a big turnaround. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't instant. I didn't, I didn't um, recover straight away. It was still, you know, it still took time. But that was definitely the turning point. Mm. You know, that was definitely where I was like, right, enough is enough. You know, I'm done with this. I'm going to find a way no matter what it is and I'm going to get well. Um, and that's when I started looking at lots of alternative treatments and practices and anything really. And had you done anything along those lines before? Were you already familiar with alternative practices in relation to other things or was this like embarking on in a completely new direction? I'd done a little bit, you know, I, I'd had massages and I'd, I'd actually trained to be a reflexologist by then, but I wasn't practicing. Yeah. Um, it. um, you know, I use aromatherapy and, and things like that, but I hadn't really, I wasn't, I was also a vegetarian. So I did used to look after my, my diet a bit, but I, I really, I guess I hadn't, realize the importance of looking after ourselves mentally and physically until that point and i just assumed that some magic pill potion or lotion was going to fix me which is understandable because that's that's what we're all led to believe isn't it until we start to explore other options yeah yeah so yeah it was... so where did you start what was your because that's like that must have felt like quite a big mountain to climb. Sometimes or, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Not always so either, because I was so done with feeling the way I've been feeling for so long. Yeah. You know, I know it becomes our comfort blanket. And it's easy to slip back into it, but I was so done with it. I just, I just wanted to it to stop. You know, so that was a, a driver and you know having a supportive husband at the time and stuff really helped as well but yeah I just started experimenting you know I saw what helped other people and I started experimenting with it at the same time I came across the book um Where the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman I love that book and that was a real that in itself was almost a turning point for me you know to realize what I'd been doing in my mind Mm -hmm. how I'd how I'd been making my health 10 times worse through the the crazy rubbish that was going on in my, my brain all the time. Um, so that was a biggie. And over my recovery, I actually watched and read that, what read the book several times and watched the movie, God knows how many times as a reminder. Um, so yeah, just 
just there was just little things a lot of the time like being more present and you know being in the now like he recommends just tweaks here and there and then there was big things like throwing out all my um toxic cleaning products and (laughs) cosmetics and you know restricting my diet a bit more as well so that I wasn't you know consuming things that did upset my um chronic t syndrome my adrenals and the nervous system um so yeah some things were quite easy some things not so easy but i was just so determined to get well that i just kind of kept on doing it in like the vain hope that it would make a difference at some point and i see that you know there was no after that point there was no massive there wasn't like one thing that kind of fixed me as it were um it was lot it was a combination of lots of things but mainly mental health stuff yeah um that really started to make a difference with my health and it took me two and a half years to get well from that point but I had no idea what I was doing and I was just guessing it um but then I got well and one of the things that I actually I did as part of my recovery was to do visualizations and I used to vividly visualize myself walking up mountains and walking the Camino and kayaking and stuff like that like really strong visualizations of like feeling the sun on my face the sweat on my body the smell everything like it was happening now and I really think that was a big part of it as well because we spend so much time reaffirming Mm. the rubbish place we're in absolutely we're just reinforcing those pathways in the brain and in the body and if we can just spend a little time every day focusing on where we want to be like it's happening now then we're not uh, reaffirming so much but we're also creating new uh, pathways in the brain that you know that the body starts to believe is happening yeah and you know i went on to not long after my recovery literally a couple of months or so i started work walking munros which are mountains in scotland um and not having any ill effects from doing it like my friends that were apparently fit and well and healthy would come with me and and be completely wiped out for days um Gosh, and i'd be fine and i think I, put, I think i put that down to the fact i was okay because it was such a strong visualization for me my body already believed it had been happening yeah and then about a year, maybe a year and a half or two after my recovery, I walked the Camino, which is a 500-mile pilgrimage across Spain. And one of those, de- the last day, I walked 52 kilometers in one day, um, just to prove to myself that I could do it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I think the bit from those strong visualizations, I really believe that my body could it already felt like it had done it it already felt like it it was using those muscles and i've read a lot of research about it since and the the, there's an author uh david hamilton and he talks about it with piano uh players that if you um they they did a research study with piano players where there was some that played the piano some that pretended to play the piano and some that didn't and the ones that pretended to play the piano vividly in their mind, 
they tested them and found out that they were um, used the same muscle groups in the hands of those people as to the ones in the hands of the ones that had been playing the piano were being built were getting stronger yeah it's um, amazing isn't it yeah <laughs> so you know the i think the power of visualization is uh it's 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 not one that we give enough credit to i think yeah yeah no absolutely i really I, i'm fundamentally with you and i love the fact that there is so much more science to back that up. i mean people have known about it for centuries but it just gets lost in translation down the generations and yeah you're right there's um there's quite a lot of research being done around fitness and um studies done with athletes and you know very similar thing looking at muscle groups because i guess that's an easy thing to measure Mm. um and the difference between people doing actually physically doing exercises and and just thinking about doing the exercises yeah it's a fascinating area of research I love it I love that you've brought that up that's amazing so when you were coming out the other side what strikes me listening to you is that you accessed an absolute belief in this process you were engaging with even though you weren't necessarily always knowing what would unfold or where it was heading it sounds as though you really fully believed in what you were doing, um, especially when you got to the stage of doing visualizations. So do you, do you know how you managed to have such strong belief? Or again, is that something that just evolved over time? Like the more you played with things that made you feel better, the, the more you were believing in your own ability to heal. I think there was belief but not all the time yeah because you doubt you know you have bad days you have some mini crashes you have things happen and you lose it for a day again yeah or or a week um but I think so it wasn't always belief but it was it was the fact that I did not want to spend any more of my life feeling like I've been feeling yeah so maybe it was stubbornness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mum always said I was really stubborn. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I I had some really not very nice times in those two and a half years where I, I'd almost give up again. But then I'd be like, when, you know, you'd have a little mini breakdown, uh, have a little cry. Um, and then I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not going to be my life anymore. I am not giving in to this illness and I'm not going to be here in another 40 years doing this, you know, um, because I knew that some people had had it for that length of time. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I would try something else. I would do something else. But what I found out is that I actually stuck at about 80% for, I don't know, a year, year and a half. Um, so I got up to 80% well quite quickly, but there was just something out, something that kept dragging me back down again. wasn't completely able to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Um, and that's because I, at that point, had spent more time focusing on the physical stuff. And I've been meditating and I've been using EFT until then. Um, but I hadn't realized the importance of the mental stuff. Yeah. 
and when I did then that things changed started to change quite quickly then um so maybe by that point it was belief I don't know but I certainly believe it now (laughs) yeah yeah but maybe that's why it's coming through so strongly when you share it yeah I think it's it was more realizing that the conflict I felt about my myself my health my life the world that was what was keeping me ill even about my health you know I'd become I'd made becoming less toxic toxic I was obsessed um, about my health and when I realized that what my mind was still doing was keeping me unwell then yeah then the shifts um, mentally really started to happen. Can you remember how it felt when you had those realizations how much control you do have and how how much capacity you do have to shift well actually when it first happened I got a little bit depressed about it because I was like oh my god I've been doing this to myself yeah that's why I asked because it's not uncommon is it yeah so and I see that in my clients today as well when they 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 there's like a, a turning point for them, I guess. Um, there's like a, a switch that's flipped and they're like, oh, oh no, I've been doing it to myself. But it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean like what some of the doctors will say to us is, you know, it's all in your mind. Technically, that's true. Yes. But we don't, we're not aware that we're doing it to ourselves. We're not aware that we have fueled this illness or any illness or our not so nice part of our life that we're in or whatever it is um so you know although we have technically done it to ourselves we were not aware of it but once we become aware of it then you can start doing stuff but initially you can feel a little bit depressed about it and upset and and then you realize oh actually see i'm doing it again (laughs) (laughs) yes and then you stop that nonsense mainly i mean there are times when you'll slip back into it because we're all human you know but what happens is over the time it becomes less and less and the intensity becomes less and less and things become a little easier and a, and a little more peaceful more often it's quite a profound story isn't it and I, I know it's not a story it's a it's something that you lived it's, it's real but when you think about just how much you have achieved since in t- not even getting to where you are now, but to get to the point where you walked the Camino way. I mean, that's just phenomenal. It's almost as if it gave you an extra zest for life that you may not have even had without it. Well, I believe that these things do. I honestly believe that everything is happening for us and not against us. And I just don't mean that as a, you know, as a little saying or something. I actually believe that when we can see that things are happening for us, we can move through them quicker and we can see the opportunities within them sooner. We don't get stuck in them. Um, And I have often said, and I've had a bit of backlash from the ME community for it. I have often said that the chronic fatigue syndrome saved my life. I was barely surviving before. For many years, I'd been very unhappy a whole host of health problems um just burning the candle at both ends barely surviving and the chronic fatigue syndrome made me see that there's another way Mm. and i believe that these severe illnesses trauma losing someone um 
accidents, all sorts of things. They happen for to us to, as invitations to make a change. Yeah. Yeah, and when we see that as that, and not as oh my god, this awful thing has happened to me again, then it makes the whatever the the thing is that's going on for us, it makes it easier. Yeah, um, and as you know, I fundamentally agree with that, even if I might not have agreed with it at the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's hard to see when you're in it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I think the more of them that happen, the more you realise that it's true, you know. There has been, like a lot of other people, quite a lot of rubbish things that have happened in my life. And before I used to think I was, you know, a bad person, that I was being punished or something like that. And now I, I see that it's just, I don't know, divine, God, source, universe, whatever it is, mm. redirecting me. Yeah. and look what's unfolded since <laughs> because then you've you've ended up transitioning into using all of that learned experience and re- self-research to empower so many other people I mean goodness knows how many people you might have reached through all of the things you have on offer so if, if anyone doesn't know um who you are or what you share where where are you now what where has life on the other side of this huge turning point taken you well i am an author and even though i was dis- i am dyslexic um and i hated english <laughs> um and stuff at school i have now got four books out there and several more in the pipeline I um, I'm a coach. Um, I run various things online. I have a membership site online for people. Um, And I last year I bought some land in Portugal, and I'm in the process of setting up a retreat center, training center, just beautiful place to hang out in central rural portugal in the mountains so i'm a bit of everything yeah you are and you are an amazing bit of everything (laughs) thank Uh, you everything that you do is infused with um like you very much infuse your personality and your your own learnings into everything you do what I love is that you do it with passion and you, know, you, you have a really good way of sharing, sharing your knowledge and your insights. Uh, like you don't, you don't let people make excuses for themselves necessarily, but you, you don't, you don't kind of tell people off either. You've got this nice blend of actionable compassion, holding to accountability, really standing strong in what you believe, but without any sense of arrogance or being better than anyone it's just a beautiful blend. It really works. Thank you. And you wouldn't have accessed any of that if you hadn't found your way out yeah. of this huge thing. Yeah. Pretty Although I, I do believe that the universal source, God, the divine, whatever you want to call it, will would have sent me another opportunity of another turning point. And I think that's when we get caught up in the, the you know, 
I'm not a good person or bad things keep happening to me is we're we're not noticing the opportunities being sent us the invitations for the turning point yeah so then another one comes along and another and another that if we embrace it and recognize it for what it is then they still come along the turning points but they tend to be a little less fierce and a little less intense uh, because we're usually much more on our path then yeah yeah absolutely so you can you can approach them having learned something useful so what do you love about where you are now in terms of I mean do you really do you feel like you're building a life on your terms and 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 is it still just unfolding I think it's always unfolding there's always lessons to learn and there's always things to explore and delve into um, but more and more all the time, yes, I believe that. More and more I'm less reactive and triggered. More and more I'm able to see why things are happening. I'm able to see the invitations. And I'm able to more and more be okay with who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say I'm... You know, the last since a few years ago, I haven't been depressed and I was chronically depressed before. Um, And I haven't had any other illnesses. Um, I feel fit and well and healthy and in love, in love with my life. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) I love that you just said that. That's incredible. You know, if anyone, if anyone was listening to this right now, that's feeling like they're in that place that you once were what more would they want to hear you know that you've come out and you're quite happily sharing the fact that you're in love with life it's just the biggest incentive you could ask for isn't it yeah because I think we feel that we'll never be one of those people yeah we don't know how or it'll never happen to us or what's the point or you know I was one of those people I I thought about taking my own life a great many times over the years I hated everything about myself I had hypnotherapy to try and be happy and all sorts of things and you don't need any of that you don't need any of that at all um and you can get out of it and you will get out of it whatever it is for you yeah so if you were talking to somebody who was in that place right now where would you advise them to start i know that's a difficult question because it depends on the circumstances but what would your instinct be to say to them to look for the invitations in whatever it is they're going through to understand that it's not happening against them it's happening for them to make changes um, and to focus on their mental health and see what it is that they're fueling yeah um, with their thoughts and 
ask themselves how can they reduce the conflict in their life right now and you know it might be that there is someone that is causing conflict in their life but only you can reduce the conflict in your mind um, and you can choose how you react to other people and other things so you know how can you in your mind reduce your conflict I love that because it's it really is about taking self-responsibility and there's always something you can do isn't there no matter what your situation it's it's really good talking to you uh, about this not just from the perspective that I know that you have really lived and breathed this yourself and I can confirm that you definitely come out the other side and you know I had I had the privilege of being able to see you on camera when we first started and you do look very healthy and very in love with life and I love I love that and I always love talking to you um but what I might not have told you before is that this subject is actually quite close to my heart because my sister really struggles or struggled with chronic fatigue for many many years um when she came out of uni and I don't know if I told you that before so no. I always love having conversations around it and their way out the other side um just because it it really limited her for such a long time and um, she's found her way out. And obviously I'm, I'm glad you found your way out as well. Can you share a little bit about your, your current project that you've got happening in Portugal? Yeah, it's um, called Project Roots. And it's about a happier self health and life so it's about connecting or reconnecting to ourselves health and life in nature so it's very heavy on um, being here in the now and noticing what's around us and the birds and the bees and the butterflies and and the plants and and noticing where our food comes from being very conscious of um our food and foraging and fermenting and cooking and eating and our bodies and listening to our bodies and how they are reacting to things rather than ignoring them or distracting ourselves and and really focusing on like I said, less conflict and, and really being with ourselves and recognizing that we don't need to react and be triggered by all, everyone else's nonsense all the time. Yeah. We can choose to be our own person and we can choose not to be a victim anymore and we can choose to let go of the things not serving us anymore. Absolutely. And I love that you're creating a space where people get to do that. Mm, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to come and visit. So yeah, it's a it's a hectare of land in um, rural Portugal, not far from Fundal, and um, with lots of trees on it and rocks and um, plants. And I'm planting a garden, and um, there's going to be an earth ship here. And yeah, it's a work in progress, but it's it's fun and fulfilling as well. And do you find it makes a massive difference to your health and well being? to be literally getting your hands stuck into the dirt more or less every day yeah because this sort of thing fills me up and it, it may not be that it some it does for someone else so you know that's one of the things that i talk about quite a lot is let's stop following you know fashions of 
what we should do for our health and well-being and stuff and let's actually follow what feels right for us you know not every diet fits everyone not every pill works for everyone you know and it's the same with the alternative woo woo (laughs) spiritual stuff as well you know not everything works for everyone do what feels right for you and for me being in nature being connected watching the plants grow making potions and lotions from them and teas and you know that really fills me up that really gives me it it makes it helps me to connect to the world and myself and and it really helps me to be more present Uh, it's not necessarily what will help everyone else but it does seem to help quite a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's worth a go <laughs> definitely well it's it's the complete antithesis of modern day life isn't it mm. and i yeah i agree with you i think it's absolutely worth worth a go because really you, you don't have that much to lose maybe the cost of coming to stay and the cost of a flight or whatever mode of transport you might choose yeah. but but you could gain yeah. so so much yeah I love that both of us very much advocate tuning into your own guidance and your own instincts because choosing choosing to do things because you feel like you should is as bad, even if they're really good things. If they're not right for you, that's almost as bad as beating yourself up every five minutes about other things. Yes. And yeah, it's kind of part of the secret for me as well. So I love that you shared that. I had a conversation with somebody just earlier actually about exactly the same thing. And I said, what happens, and I know because I did this myself and I see other people doing it, is what happens when we find this old, a magical alternative world mm. uh, um, is a lot of the same things we were doing in the in standard society, say, um, of not feeling we're enough, of wanting something or someone external to fix us, um, of... Or, you know not not feeling like we fit in we transfer it to um this alternative world when we find it so initially it seems great but then all those same doubts and worries and thoughts come up and then we feel like oh i don't fit in here either i don't wear the perfect yoga pants and i don't meditate for two hours every day and i don't feel the same way after tapping or I don't do this and I don't do that and we start all those doubts and worries come up again yeah um but it's really about listening to ourselves and really about feeling what feels good for me not who's going to fix me or what thing's going to fix me next or um if I just manage to stand on my head in a yoga pose for an hour I'll be like magically spiritual and enlightened (laughs) you know whatever it is it's you know it's it's really listening to yourself really feel what you need um what feels good for you and what um, makes your health and your body and your life and your energy and your focus and your clarity and all the other things feel better and do that amen to that beautifully expressed thank you that's That's okay absolutely perfect so if people are absolutely loving what you say and why wouldn't they um (laughs) where where can they where can they connect with you where can they find you what's the best place for them to start 
Well, my main website is um, www.faithcanter.com. So that's just my name. Um, and there you will find on the main, the homepage of that, you will find the main topics that people want to work with me about. And then all my resources that I have, many of which are free, um, from each one of those pages so there's chronic fatigue there's ibs there's mental health there's self-love uh, hormonal issues all sorts of things on there um, so you can find all of my information that i have online in any way or form um, from those that from the home page there and then the Pro- project roots uh, has its own website but you can you can click on a link from my website as well and then my membership site has its own website too but again you can find that on my website so they're all on the menu bar of the website and then I'm obviously I'm on a lot of the social medias but I don't do the ones I just don't like (laughs) so although although I have a Twitter account you won't really find me on Twitter ever and you know I'm less and less these days on Facebook I guess but I love Instagram because I love photos um so (laughs) yeah so you know that in itself has been a lesson for me of not trying to do everything and doing it how everyone else wants to thinks you know you should do it it's doing the things that I enjoy doing and doing them when I want to do them um and then I really enjoy it and it seems that the people interacting with me enjoy it more than as well so one of the things that I love the most is actually YouTube and I frequently just upload videos that I take of me walking the dogs and my ponderings onto YouTube uh, which I love to do yeah I was I'm glad you said that because I was going to mention that because you are a pretty prolific YouTuber (laughs) compared to most people is always valuable and insightful and um, and you're pretty good at sharing really useful insights in a relatively short time period as well, which of course caters to all those busy people. Yeah, <laughs> most of my videos are about five minutes long. Yeah, yeah. What would you say has been your biggest learning about yourself? That I have created my ill health, both mentally and physically, and that I am the only one that holds the keys to having good mental and physical health and that other people can do crappy things to me and say horrible stuff or be horrible or whatever it is Um, but I have the choice whether I am I'm going to take that on board and whether it's going to affect me I guess like my take home is that I'm in control of my life and my mind and my health um, and not anyone else Thank you. That's absolutely perfect. That's feels like a very perfect place to finish. <laughs> Good. You know, just as just as your own mind is in charge of where it takes you in one direction, it's in charge of where it takes you in the other direction. It's like a sliding scale. Yeah. You go either way. Lovely. Thank you so so much. Thank you. It's been my total pleasure, and thank you for including me in this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author 
or join the free magical life movement at helenrabello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.